You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. When I got into this business back in the day, it was, you know, there was basically the Miami Heat had just started playing a couple of years before. The only other thing we had was the University of Miami, which had been winning national national championships in football since 83. And you had the Dolphins, and that was it. There was nothing else down here. Now you've got, obviously, the Heat has won several, you know, uh, NBA uh, championships. The Marlins have won a couple of World Series championships. The Dolphins still have not won another Super Bowl, but but they're hopefully they're on their way now to get be competitive once again. Uh, you know, UM continues to be UM. Uh, now we have, you know, NASCAR here every year. We have uh, Formula One. We have, uh, you mentioned Super Bowl, we've hosted 11 of them more than any other city in the United States. We've got the FIFA World Cup coming in 2026. Uh, we, I mean, it's, it's just it's just an, an, an inordinate amount of, of sporting events that we have here that, you know, that has made us one of the go-to cities in the, in, in the country. We, uh, you know, we joke with people and we tell them, you know, the great thing about Miami is that it's so close to the United States. Um, you know, and, and that we still do use the U.S. dollar here because a lot of people consider Miami to be an international city, which we consider ourselves as well. I mean, we have 63% of our population is foreign born. If you think about that, that's huge. That was Jose Sotolongo. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today on the podcast, I'm syncing up with Jose Sotolongo, the Director of Sports and Entertainment Tourism for the Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau. Jose has brought some of the most famous, iconic sporting events to Miami, including the 2026 FIFA World Cup, and he has been instrumental on the sporting event landscape in Miami, for over 32 years. Jose is also a 20-year Miami Marathon streaker and passionate runner. We are talking about how he started his career in the sports events business and where his passion for running began. We talk about his favorite parts of the Miami Marathon and what you need to know and if you're running this race in 2023. It is the 21st anniversary of this iconic race and both the full and half marathon sold out last week. Special thanks to Lifetime for putting this interview and conversation together. I am heading to Miami to do the half marathon in late January as it is one of my favorite half marathons along the beach. I hope you enjoy our conversation. If you do, leave us a review. Head over to wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Click on the Money on the Move podcast, scroll through all the way to the bottom where you will see the five stars. Click on the five stars, click on leave a review and tell us what you love about this podcast. Please feel free to share this conversation on social. Take a screenshot, put it in your Insta stories, in your feed, on your LinkedIn, wherever you like to get social. Now, on to my conversation with Jose. We're here today on the Money on the Move podcast. I'm Super psyched to connect with you. 
Miami's one of my favorite places to visit since I'm five. Where are you based out of? I'm based in New York City, and I grew up on Long Island. My grandparents had a cabana at the Eden Rock. Like, yes, back in the day, in the 70s. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, and now my parents are in Delray. They've been in, like, Boynton, Boca, Delray. That's the trajectory. I get it. I get it. No, I am. You have been in the sports industry in Miami, Dade County for 32 years. You're the director of sports and entertainment tourism at the Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau. And you're in charge of the attraction, promotion, retention of sporting events, sports conferences, and conventions. So that's a really cool job. And you've been doing that for 32 years. Wow. That's awesome. I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been in the sports business locally for 32 years. I've been doing this particular job for the last 10. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been in business, uh, in sports business here in Miami since, uh, my Lord, since 1989. Uh, University of Miami, Miami, uh, Florida Marlins. They're now known as the Miami Marlins. Uh, FIU, I did a couple of stints. One of them was the athletic director there. I had my own sports marketing company, did a little bit of work with the Dolphins, and now I've been uh, here at the Convention Bureau for the last 10 years bringing in sporting events, anything from World Cup on the, on the you know, the top of the pyramid down to, uh, you know, all kids types events and, and conventions and that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, it beats working for a living, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it just sounds like such a cool job. Yeah. So how did you get into sports? Was it like something you were passionate about as a kid or? It's, yeah. Now, well, I've always, yeah, I've always loved sports. I, uh, I grew up, I was born and raised here in Miami. So I grew yeah. up in the Dolphins were in their heyday winning, you know, Super Bowl after Super Bowl. And I remember actually in the mid sixties being uh, cheering on the Packers. I'm not that I knew what the heck I was cheering about, but I, but, uh, but I was cheering on the Packers back in the mid sixties. And uh, one day I worked at the, at the Miami Herald for 10 years and then back in 1989, one day, I just pretty much uh, told my boss the proverbial, uh, take this job and do you what you know what with it. Were you a writer so I, or an editor? No, or- no, no. I, I worked in circulation management okay. and uh, I quit on the spot and I got in my car and started driving home and halfway home. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? Right. Um, I was, uh, you know, I was in my late 20s and uh, got home and I told my wife and she had a conniption and a half and uh and that Sunday, and I tell kids this all the time, that Sunday, I, my wife was looking through the one ads in the Miami Herald in the newspaper. Yeah. And I typed, you know, she found a job in uh, at the University of Miami doing sports marketing. And she said, hey, you like sports. Why don't you give it a shot? I figured, what the heck? So I typed up my resume on an old typewriter. Oh I yeah. went to Kinko's, made copies. I stuck it in a manila envelope, went to the post office, put a stamp on it, mailed it. And uh, three weeks later, I got the job. So. So, yeah, that's how I got started. Back then, there were only three schools in the entire country that had sports marketing degrees. And now every other school, every school has one now. But back then, there were only three. And there was it was pretty much a specialty market. And I got into it and loved it and stayed in it. And here I am, 32, 33 years later, still doing it. And what has been the biggest, like, evolution that you've seen over your career, like, over three the three decades, like, in terms of marketing? In terms of mar- yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's, and it's all has to do with technology, obviously. Right. Um, before everything was very, uh, you know, very hands on, you had to actually do something. You actually had to, you know, if you were going to do an interview, you actually had to go somewhere or pick up the phone. Now everything's done like we're doing right now. Yeah. You know, you're in New York, I'm in Miami, and we're looking at a computer screen and we're talking. So, so you know, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's been revolutionary. And then everything that goes along with it as far as marketing of sports, I mean, you know, you got everything from yeah. social media to to you know the, the traditional you know get a buy an ad in the newspaper uh you know and and start posting that ad 
uh, you know, three weeks before a, a contest or a race or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that, that just, that's, you know, that's archaic now, you know, that's yeah. dinosaurs. You do that, so. I know it's, it's crazy. Right. I mean, I feel like I've been working in marketing for probably 30, 30 years also. I don't know. Yeah. 30 years also. Really three when you started, come on. Yeah. No. Yes. I was three actually. Uh, but no, I, th- I think that this evolution of like just how people are marketing events and products and brands and going from old school to social media and now the metaverse, like this is just. Totally. And you know, it's funny because you look at promotions when you used to do promotions back in the day, uh, you know, you could, uh, you know, you, you put up a sign at the stadium and now people actually, what sponsors are looking for are looking for experiences. Anybody can go to a game now. So, you know, or you can watch it online or, or anything like that. So they want actual experiences where they can actually, you know, interact with, with the athletes or interact with, you know, with the coaches or things like that, or actually travel with the team somewhere. Right. And that's what, that's what sponsors are looking for now. It's, and it's more of an experiential as opposed to, just you know advertising your company so are you also bringing in the sponsors for the events in addition to like no you're not yeah now you know not in this line of work this line of work yeah the event and they they come along with their sponsors um some uh, some sports commissions do help with the sponsorship but ours is uh we're very lean operation there's only two of us in the entire department so we uh, so we just we help bring the event we work with our convention folks with the hotels and all the transportation and all that wonderful stuff. And we get the event to come and then we, uh, we help them with permits and all that kind of stuff behind the scenes that nobody knows about. All right. Hope you are enjoying this conversation. Just jumping in here to give a shout out to today's sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. It transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed nutrition recommendations you need to optimize your health. Get 20% off today at insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the Move or use our code CheersMarnie. You know, what's really interesting is just how Miami has evolved and grown over the past 30 years since you started and since I started going there when I was four, just a few years ago, uh, it's really come a long way. I mean, from what it was known for back in the seventies to now just being this, you know, center for art and innovation and all of these great sporting events from the Super Bowl, And you just got the world cup for, soccer for FIFA in 2026 and you've got the Miami Marathon so that's amazing and you've been behind that it's uh, it's been it's been it's been an incredible uh, journey for the community I mean when I when I got into this business back in the day it was you know there was basically the Miami Heat had just started playing a couple of years before the only other thing we had was the University of Miami which had been winning national uh, national championships in football since 83 and you had the Dolphins and that was it there was nothing else down here. Now you've got obviously the Heat has won several, you know, uh, NBA uh, championships. The Marlins have won a couple of World Series championships. The Dolphins still have not won another Super Bowl, but but they're hopefully they're on their way now to get being competitive once again. Uh, you know, UM continues to be UM. Uh, now we have you know NASCAR here every year. We have uh, Formula One. 
We have, uh, you mentioned Super Bowl, we've hosted 11 of them more than any other city in the United States. We've got the FIFA World Cup coming in 2026. Uh, we, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just an, an, an inordinate amount of, of sporting events that we have here that, you know, that has made us one of the go-to cities in the, in the country. We, uh, you know, we joke with people and we tell them, you know, the great thing about Miami is that it's so close to the United States. Uh, you know, and, and that we still do use the U.S. dollar here because a lot of people consider Miami to be an international city, yeah. which we consider ourselves as well. I mean, we have 63 percent of our population is foreign born. If you think about that, that's huge. Yes. You know, you're talking 3 it's million like New people. York City almost. Pretty much. Pretty much. But we just are, nicer, you know, we're, warmer, warmer weather. Well, <laughs> smaller, 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 a little smaller. And but, but yeah, the weather here, I mean, hey, you know, we had, I joke with people. I tell them all the time. I say, you know, we have two seasons in Miami. We have summer and then we have January 12th. And because, you know, <laughs> the other 364 days a year feels like summer here. Yeah. You know, totally. which is great for us because, you know, because it, it drives a lot of business our way. But uh, but, uh, you know, it, it also gives us a lot of opportunity to host a lot of great sporting events. Is that why you have all these sporting events? Just because of the climate, of the ability for people to get around the city, the amount of hotels and businesses? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the climate, obviously, when, when you think of Miami, you, immediately everybody thinks of, you know, summer and everybody thinks of, you know, beautiful blue skies. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we're very blessed to have yeah. that kind of weather here, without a doubt. We have about 60,000 hotel rooms in our in our city um mm-hmm. you know when you think of, when you think of hotels you immediately think of you know the, the ones along ocean drive yep. on the beach you think of the foundry you think of the eden rock like you said yep. um, and those are very iconic hotels but you know we have hotels everywhere in miami-dade county all the way from aventura up in the northeast sector down to south dade so yeah. we uh we we're like you know like i said we are we have sixty thousand hotel rooms here in miami-dade county and uh you know we we, we try to fill them up year round it used to be where where you know our, our main season was kind of like november through march right but now we're around we're year round right now um we led if i'm not mistaken i think we led the nation in hotel um in hotel you know occupancy rates all that kind of stuff for like eight of the last nine months or something like that so it's it's people want to come here that's amazing you know, it's, it's, it's it's phenomenal it makes my job a hell of a lot easier and also you have like so much culture so much art Art Basel, yeah. you have, and there's Basel, yeah, every December, yep, definitely. Yeah. We're, it's it's uh, we, you know, we, we're more we're more than the uh, than the sun and fun capital of the world, as Jackie Gleason used to call them back in the '60s. Yeah, we are we're very cultural. I mean, the Art Center has some of the most incredible performances um, in the in the country. Uh, Art Basel, obviously, we have. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because yesterday we were, we were talking to a, another client on a Zoom call, and and he and he asked, "Why is it that you guys have never hosted?" the nba all-star game in the new arena right and it's very simple the nba all-star game the miami international boat show and the coconut grove arts festival all happen the exact same weekend every single year there just aren't enough hotel rooms in the city to fill to, to, to be able to host the all-star game right because because of the coconut grove arts festival because of the boat show and those events you know are you put is what put has put us on the map so so we got to be you know you one side loyal. of it yeah yeah, we have to be very loyal to the events that got us where we need to be. That's, I mean, that's great. And so when when you bring these events, obviously, to Miami, it's great for business, great for the economy. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember as a kid, I, uh, you know, Miami was much smaller. 
um, complaining um, to my dad with the traffic when all the tourists were in town, all oh, these tourists and blah, blah, blah. And my dad said something to me that has, you know, has resonated and has stuck with me ever since. And my dad said, you know, every tax dollar they pay is one less tax dollar we need to pay. Right. And I was like, like that proverbial light bulb moment, boom, where the light bulb went off. And I'm like, and I still, I mean, I tell people that now, does everybody all because we have so many, I'm like, you know, thank God we have those tourists because yeah. that means your property taxes, all these taxes that you would have to pay, they're paying them for you. So you know, thank you. I think that's always, and that always is a challenge when you're putting on events and bringing these big amounts, like these big events, like even with Iron Man, you know, had to put out a press release about, you know, just telling people to be nice to the locals. And there's always, I feel like it's like an age long thing between the locals and the tourists. And it's funny you mentioned Kona because we were, my wife and I own a house up in Montana and uh, we were up there at a, at a baseball game a couple of months ago. And we were talking to this lady whose son was playing for the opposing team and she's from Coeur d'Alene uh, in Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, you guys got a great Iron Man there. And she's like, oh my God, I hate it when I pop, 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 Same thing, exactly what you yeah. said. And I just smiled and I didn't let her know. I didn't tell her, you know, yeah. I, I was in the business or anything like that. But I just smiled and she's like, all these tourists, you know, thank God these tourists are coming. Yeah, God bless them. Every time business. I, right? yeah. My business and make, make my taxes are lower thanks to them. Thank you very much. Keep coming back. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think you know it's so great to see to talk to you and to hear firsthand from you. You know how Miami is growing and evolving, and just all the incredible sporting events that are taking place in Miami. I remember. I remember back in the eighties um, when we had the first uh, iteration, if you will, of the Orange Bowl Marathon. Yeah. Which, so, I mean, there were different versions. I remember Bill uh, Bill Rogers actually won one one year. It was one if one of the races was point to point. It started up in state and finished at the Orange Bowl. And all these great races and and uh, you know then the marathons went away and there were no marathons here. And uh, in two thousand three, I believe it was when Frank uh, two thousand two when uh, two thousand three when Frankie and uh, and uh, and yeah. his cohort started the Miami Marathon. Uh, that first year, I had just started. I had, I I started running in 2001, and uh, immediately I was bit by the mileage bug. And I loved, you know, I loved running long distances. And yeah. the longer the race, the better. And and if there was a 5K and a 10K, I'd you know I'd do the 10K. Um, and I remember when Frankie started the race, and I had I had met Frankie, and we become very close friends. Um, and uh, and I was like so excited. Wellness officer of Miami. He is. He totally is. And he deserves that role. He deserves yeah, that role. He's I mean, brought the marathon. He's done. Yeah. Well, not, you know, it's not just that, Marnie. I, I, I tell him all the time, uh, you know, Frankie, nobody will ever be able to put a, a number on the amount of lives that you've saved yes, because you've running. gotten them out of running. Uh, but one day when we all cross that bridge and we're uh, we're in front of our maker and he'll say, by the way, Frankie, you saved X amount of lives during your lifetime down there in Miami. Because you got them active and you got them running and you got them walking and you got them cycling and you saved a bunch of people. And 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 he smiles and he just chuckles because you know Frankie's very humble. Yes, yes. And uh, but uh, but you know he saved he saved countless amounts of lives just by getting people out there and running. So you were there so, when he when yeah. he started the first iteration of the Miami Marathon back in two thousand two. Yeah. You said right two thousand two. I remember the uh, the the expo. Uh, was at the Hyatt Regency downtown, and the expo literally was maybe ten tables. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were um, there were maybe a I want to say maybe three four hundred runners ran the full, and the half was maybe another eight hundred or so. 
And it was, uh, I mean, when we, I was running with a buddy of mine and when we, when we split from the half, because I ran the full the first five or six years and I've run the half every year after that. I remember with, running with a buddy of mine and we hit that half mark where the half marathoners peeled off and the full marathoners went right. straight down, forget what street it was. And, I know exactly it where lonely. it is. It well, got lonely yeah. really fast. Yes. It got lonely really fast because there was nobody out there. There were no fans, uh, you know, and you looked around and it's like, dude, am I going down the right street? Because yeah. there was nobody out there, no markers. And it's grown to be a destination race, one that, uh, you know, one that, that in Latin America is one of those races that people want to run. And we get runners, as you know, yeah. from almost every state in the union um, and 60 some odd countries year in and year out. I mean, it's a huge race for Colombians. Uh, Frankie and I and the crew went down there to uh, Bogota a few years ago, just before the pandemic in 2019, to sign up runners to come run Miami. And we've, we've gone to the uh, we've gone to the New York City Marathon and done that it there. Um, and people want to come here. Why? A, it's Miami. Obviously, it's a it's a cool, hip town to be in. Um, and and, you know, and it's a great race. It's a destination race. And especially in Olympic years, you get you get a lot of these runners that that are, you know, that are trying to qualify for their country's teams and they come and run here knowing that it's a nice flat fast course it it's not so flat. <laughs> it's flat it's flat it's flat you got two bridges and that's about it it's oh flat. you are so you're a seasoned runner that, it's flat. i mean compared to like uh, compared to new york city it's flat <laughs> you know it's funny it's funny because new york city i ran i've i ran i've run boston five times oh okay and, yeah i can and, see why uh, you think that miami is flat Got it. Yeah, okay. I've run Boston five times. We have one bridge here that when we're training for Boston, the bridge is one mile long. So we you go from down. back and forth and back and forth. And when I'm doing a 24 mile, I'll do 18 for the first 18 are flats. And then I do the last six on the bridge. But uh, but, uh, you know, uh, people people, you know, they, they don't they don't know that New York is as hilly as it is. And it's not necessarily hilly yeah. as it is the bridges. Yes. That, that, that Queensboro Bridge on mile, I believe it's like 17 when you come off that bridge and make that U-turn and go up First Avenue in Manhattan. I, I mean, I will that everybody says, what is your worst moment in a marathon? And I've run 16 fulls and five, God, 50 some odd half marathons. Yeah. I've hit the wall many, many times. The worst moment in my entire running career was turning that corner on off the yeah. bridge in New York City on First Avenue and having all those people literally on me. And I just, all I remember is just pushing them off and screaming obscenities at them to get the heck out of my way. I use different words, yes. um, but, but uh, that was, I mean, New York, New York, the bridges will kill you. And then if the bridges don't kill you, when you get to Central Park, you know, forget it. you get to Central Park, you think, okay, it's over. I'm, I'm in Central Park. You still got no. six and a half. You yeah. still got, yeah, exactly. You, you still got 6.2, 6.5 miles to go. That was the first marathon and the last marathon I did, honestly. And I'm not <laughs> done, but it's just, I needed to regroup because it was, I did it in 2019, just before the pandemic. And, you know, I live here, I've lived here my whole life and I run in Central Park, but it, it crushed me and I loved it. I love being crushed just to be clear. And it was really challenging. And First Avenue is like the crowds just hit you. And some people like that, but I, I really like to be in my own zone. I like Thank the quiet. You. I like my, I, I appreciate New York and I'm grateful for the crowds, but right. I was just in my own zone and when I got to like that other, the wall, I guess it's like um, when you get off of First Avenue, you start running up through, uh, there's another bridge. I can't remember where it is, but I thought I was going to die. And like some friends of mine were waiting like just before you get into Central Park. And I was so grateful to see them at that point 
And also Central Park, that whole run up Fifth Avenue, it's a false flat. So you think you're going to have, it's a, everything is a hill. And I feel like that is exactly what New York is like one giant hill. Oh, yeah, I, I will. Metaphorically I speaking. Yeah. Yeah. People always tell me what, uh, you know, wasn't New York great? And I go, it's a great atmosphere, but my God, if I never run the New York City Marathon again, it'll be too soon. And not because it's not a great race. It's an incredibly it great is. race. I just yeah. didn't train right for it. I didn't train right for it. I did not expect all the bridges and all the hills in Central Park. So yeah. I figured New York is flat. Because, you know, you never, you know, Boston's not flat. You know, Boston's got, you know, Hell's yes. Alley and, you know, got, you know, all the hills between, you know, what, 11 and 21. Mm-hmm. But, but, but we, New York kicked my behind. And I, I've got nothing but you the utmost for that race. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so are you so you're doing the marathon in Miami this year? I'm doing the half. Yeah, my 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 full days are done. My knees are shot. I uh, I'm right now I'm approaching 30,000 miles that I've run um in the last 15 years or so whatever since 2002. Have you keep track you've kept track of that? I, it's funny that, that you mentioned that because uh, a lot of us runners, and I'm sure I'm sure this doesn't come as a surprise, we uh, happen to be a little OCD. Yes. Um, and, yeah. uh, and we track everything. I track all my shoes. I keep Me track too. of all I my I started shoes. an Excel spreadsheet for all of my yeah, shoes. That's what I got. Yeah. I started an Excel spreadsheet back in 2002. Oh, my God. Okay, cool. And yeah. I've got my 87 pairs of shoes that I've run in and what I liked about them, what I didn't. And I've added up the miles for each shoe. So at the bottom, I've got the running total. So. And what do you so, do with them when they're like, you put them out the pasture? Like, do you... I I, I either donate them. Um, yeah. There used to be back in the day. I don't know if it still exists. There used to be a charity of shoes for Africa. Yeah. And you send them here in the States and then they ship them all out to, to kids out in Africa. I either now donate them either to Goodwill or, or yeah. you know, I need shoes to work in the yard on. So, you know, once they reach 300 miles, they're gracefully retired to the backyard. Totally. You know, that kind of- I transition mine into dog walking shoes and then, know. you know, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And then I, I do give them away too. So you've run 16 marathons. Do you have, 16 and how many times have you done Miami? Uh, Miami full, I ran six times. Six times? Six times in Miami full. Um, and uh, Boston five times, New York and Chicago and all Marine Corps and all so those. you've done all the like nationwide. Have you done any international? No, no, I was actually, it's funny. I was supposed to do Dublin in 2013 and I got hurt. Yeah. And, uh, and I, uh, I couldn't, I mean, I went to Dublin. I enjoyed it. The day of the race, I had to leave the city. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I just couldn't sit there and watch these people run the race I was supposed to be running. And so I, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't run. I've kept every bib that I've ever, that I've ever had. So oh God. I, and you're again, no, you're I'm celebrating 32 years married <laughs> and uh, you have yeah, all your bibs, you have all your medals. 35. Yeah, I've yeah. got all my medals. I've got all my medals and all my bibs and all my and all the times I've placed all the trophies and all the and all the ribbons Amazing. and all the all the hardware. But uh, I've got, yeah, my, my wife my wife lets me live in my own little fantasy world. Is so. she also an athlete? She did one half marathon and I ran it with her. And uh, to be honest with you, people ask me what is your your most memorable moment in a positive end, and it was running that race with her. That's I had great. just run the, I had just run the Columbus Ohio full like two weeks before, and then I did the half with her there. And, uh, and then she went across the finish line and she cried um, as she was crossing the finish. And she said, I'm not going to cry. And as soon as she hit the finish line, the tears start rolling. That's awesome. And it was the happiest moment. My happiest running moment was, yeah. was, was able to hold her hand as she crossed the finish. That's line. a really great moment to have. That's awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what is it that you, I mean, obviously you love running. What is it about running that you love? 
the competition. Um, I uh, I never thought that I was as competitive as I was. And, uh, you know, you start running with a group of friends and you start trying to run faster than they are. And actually in one race, buddy of mine, Mitch Cutler, who I, uh, who's, who's probably my best friend, Mitch was, we we're running a one mile race on a track at the university of Miami. It was, a, it was, a, it was an organized race and we're going in, 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 uh, in, uh, in splits and different splits. And Mitch starts taking off on me. So I pulled the shorts off. <laughs> and uh, right in the, of the race, I just pulled the shorts off, <laughs> and I beat awesome. him. But uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, that was that was that was a fun moment. I I don't know I don't know how many races I've run. Not you mentioned it. I probably run over 100, 150 races in, yeah. my, in my career. Just like distant various distances. Is what's your favorite yeah, distance? All all my favorite, probably the full the marathon because it's yeah. a lot slower pace. Um, yeah, it's funny because people are like, you know, what what age do you stop PRing? You know, I I PR'd at every distance, um, just around the time I turned forty six. Okay. And I, every single distance, I forty four. Sorry, my bad, forty four. I PR'd at every distance between November and January of uh, for those three months. I PR'd at the five, the ten, the fifteen, the half, and the full, all within those within those uh, within those three months. So wow. You can. You can PR until you're in your mid forties if you stay in good shape. Yeah, I mean, or you really probably just have to like up the strength training. I mean, do you do a lot of strength training too? I, I don't. I've gotten uh, I've gotten lazy in my old age. I I do. I run four days a week and I cycle one. Okay. Um, where do you I, ride? I was dying. Sorry, where do you ride? Uh, what bike? I have I have a uh, I have a Trek uh, Madone, okay. and I have a Specialized. I have two bikes. Um, but my Trek is my trusty bike. I've had that one. Oh my God, sixteen years I've had it. So that thing's got probably close to a hundred thousand miles. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, so you run four days a week, you cycle one day. One day. And I take Mondays and Fridays off. Just, I used to only take one day a week off, but, but, uh, mother time or father time is, uh, is, is nipping at my heels. So I got to take an extra day off. I was diagnosed in 2007 by a very good orthopedic surgeon said I would never run again. Cause I have no cartilage in my left knee. Uh, but I'm stubborn and, uh, and I've kept running. And since then I've kept track of how many miles since he told me I'd never run again. And I'm approaching 17, 17,000 miles since he told me I'd never run again. Do they have but, a surgery now where they could put cartilage in your knee? I mean, not yet, in the metaverse? Not, <laughs> not yet. I wish, I wish, I, I wish they could, you know, print some cartilage in 3d, 3D you know, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but sadly, no, they don't. So I, uh, it, it hurts. I'm not going to kid you. It's painful, but I'm yeah. still doing it rather than getting fat on the couch. Yeah, totally. And I mean, and how is the cycling on your, on your knee? It's actually worse. That's um, it actually, I was asking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I used I used to cycle every Sunday. I would cycle uh, seventy five to eighty five miles every every Sunday, and that's down now to thirty five miles every Sunday. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll bump it up to fifty, and then the next day I can't walk. Yeah, my knee, my knee's just totally stiff. So I'm so sorry. I cut back. Yeah, it, hey, it is, it what, is it what it is. is you know? But yeah. Do you, um, where do you there. ride in Florida, in Miami? Are you, do you live around, in Miami? Around, or, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, li- I live out, I live in, in uh, what's called Westchester. Okay. It's the unincorporated part of Miami, but I ride, I, I start very early in the morning. I start about uh, an hour and a half before sunrise on Sunday mornings. Okay. Um, and, and I go down south um, and I take all back roads. Very, very, very rarely do I take a busy, a busy road. Yeah. Only one, I have no choice. You have to be... Uh, kind of local to know where to ride i mean I could, yeah, yeah. You, you do you do i mean there's everybody here when they start riding and a lot of times they, they stay true to that route as they ride they ride the coconut grove key biscayne route okay. um where you actually go out and it's very beautiful i mean scenic it's absolutely gorgeous 
Um, but uh, but several people sadly have been hit and killed on their bikes um, in the on the uh, on that route. So it's uh, it's a little scary sometimes. But I mean, I've had a few run-ins with uh, as a runner and as a cyclist with yeah. cars. So. Yeah. No, I just asked that because I'm also a triathlete, and so whenever I come to Florida, I want to bring my bike. I want to ride. I was just there. I was there last year actually in November, and I didn't do any riding. I just ran, but. I want to ride, but I just don't, didn't know where to ride. And I feel like yeah. when I go places, I try to drop into like a group ride of, you know, if there's like a local bike shop or something, but I wasn't that organized. But. Yeah. If you don't, if you do come down to Miami and you want to ride, there's a lot of groups that started what's called the Coco Plum Circle. Mm -hmm. And they start around 7 a.m. on Sundays and Saturdays from oh, there. Oh, that's great. But yeah, so if you ever come down, you'll see a bunch of, bunch of groups that start from there. Yeah. yeah 7 a.m. at the Coco Plum Circle. So now like back to the Miami marathon, because I could talk yeah. about like cycling and running and this, we could talk for hours and I know we only I, have a few yeah, more minutes. Yeah, yeah. we both, we both could. Yeah. So. It's, it's a, it's part of being an athlete. It's like something you can talk about on and on and on and all the nuances. So, um, you know, back to the marathon, it's the 25th, the 21st year of the Miami marathon this year, it's already 80% sold out. And right. um, I know that in the past they've had 20,000 athletes come out, but they're capping it at 18 this year. Right. Exactly. Yep. What is your favorite? Do you have a favorite part of the marathon? Yeah, I do actually. Um, the, the course is a beautiful course. It starts right downtown, right in front of the uh, FTX arena where the Miami heat play. And within the first mile, you're already going over your first bridge. Uh, there's mm -hmm. really only, there's only really two bridges one is a minor bridge the first bridge is pretty is pretty substantial and it's it's at the end of mile one mm -hmm. um but it's i mean there every year almost you're when you're when you're hitting that start and you're trying to go over the bridge there's cruise ships coming in and you know they're making the turn in the basin there and, and they, you know they ah, ah, you know their horns yeah, and, yeah. and it's really neat and and you know you go right on the ocean then you go actually miles uh three four are on the causeway, then like miles five, six, seven are right on Ocean Drive. Yep. And you know, it's just it's just just gorgeous. I mean, the sun's coming up, you know, over over the horizon, and and uh, you know, and you start when you start heading back into the city, you're running through the Venetian Isles. And first year, it's funny because the first year, the it, first year, I I always tell people that this 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 race is blessed by God because that very first year where we had, you know, just a few thousand runners, the temperature was 55 degrees, which wow. is perfect. Yeah, zero humidity, yeah. zero humidity, 55 degrees, no wind. It was just the perfect scenario for a marathon. And that first year, I'll never forget, I was running, it was probably somewhere around mile seven uh, or eight, about, about mile nine or 10. Anyway, regardless, it's in the Venetian Isles. And there was a dolphin jumping in the ocean, just wow. coming into the water. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, that, do that, that, that dolphin's got to be on payroll because yeah. this is absolutely perfect. You could not time this. You know, you had the pink sky and you had the dolphin jumping, and it was just, and I was like, man, this is so. If I had to pick one moment, you know, of, of the aesthetic beauty of the race, that yeah. would be it. Yeah. Write it out. Write I mean, out. it's, and then, and now you've also been doing the half marathon, you said, which is what yes. I do. So I've done the half marathon, I think I've done it twice, and I'm coming back in January on the 29th. Sweet. Yeah, I love Excellent. that race. I have like a special playlist that's like a mix of different music that's Miami, has Miami vibes, and I love running down Ocean Drive. It's an awesome race, and actually the half marathon is kind of flat, so there's like a 4%
what the first bridge you were talking about. It's like probably it. 4%. That's yeah. It. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, I love that race. So I'm excited to come down to Florida. Well, so talk to me a little bit about the impact of the Miami Marathon on the city. Yeah, no, it, it's, a huge, it's a huge impact. Like I said earlier, we've had runners um, every year from uh, from many different countries. I mean, you look at some of the some of the uh, the countries that we get a, a good amount of runners from. You get Brazil, you've got Colombia, you've got Mexico, you've got Puerto Rico, Canada. I don't know if I mentioned them already, but yeah, uh-huh. we get a lot of runners from all those different countries. And you know, when you when you travel to a race, um, you know, if you're if you're a local, you know, like say I say you know I would go run New York, or you would come, yeah. you know, if you're if you're if you're a domestic runner, meaning you're from the United States. You know, you're going to fly up probably on Friday, go to the expo, rest on Saturday, run the race on Sunday, then fly back Monday. Most right. people do that. Yeah. If you're traveling from Brazil or Colombia or Ecuador or Panama, you're going to come in. Maybe you will come in that Friday, but you're not just going to fly back on Monday. You're going to stay a few extra days because, you know, I'm traveling all this long distance. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a vacation out of it. Mm-hmm. So our so our, our, our hotels are very happy to participate with the marathon. Um, our, our, you know, we, we do a survey of, of the runners and where they come from and, and, you know, they come down, they spend, I'm trying to remember the exact amount, but it's, it's like, it's like close to three, $400 a day per person mm-hmm. coming down between meals and hotel and souvenirs and things like that, that they purchase. And the economic impact is in the millions and millions and millions of dollars for this one race on one Sunday. And it's it's a, it's an amazing it's an amazing economic driver for us. Again, like I said, because so many runners are coming internationally, and those those visitors are usually going to stay a longer period of time, and they're going to stay where they're going to stay downtown, yeah, which is to the start finish line, yeah. or they're going to stay in South Beach, and those rates are not cheap, and especially in January, February, our rates are, our rates are, are 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 quite high in a good way. Because people are willing to pay it and it's it's supply and demand. You know, we have the rooms that we have and people are willing to pay what they're paying. So, you know, God bless them. So when I come to do the race, I like to stay on the beach because my strategy is that, you know, I I just take an Uber or taxi or something over to the race, you know, start, which is very easy. Um, But I love to just like sit on the beach after and recover the entire day and just totally bliss out after the race. Yeah. That's my usual MO. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's exactly, I mean, that, and that's what people do. They come down here and they chill for a couple of days. I could just come back to New York, but I like to make a trip of it. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've run, I've run races all over the country and, uh, and I, I always try to do that. I always try to stay an extra two or three days just to enjoy the city. Yeah. Are there any uh, other sporting events that you want to bring to Miami that you haven't gotten there yet? Where do you see the future of sporting events in Miami? Believe it or not, there's one event that if we could get, I would retire with a huge smile on my face. That is the, uh, the U.S. Speed Skating Championship, ice skating, which which would be done indoors, obviously, yeah. uh, in the middle of the summer. But I would love to host that in Miami just because the entire world would go, excuse me, what, where, what, where are you? And, and we, would get, uh, we would get an incredible amount of publicity for it. But I've talked to them, and they just have no interest in, in, uh, in coming down to Miami in, in, the, in the middle of the summer. What is the thought process there? Like, do is that that's why? Because they don't want to come to Miami in the middle of the summer. Or? Well, they, yeah, I mean, they 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 want to go to a more um, they want to go somewhere where ice, you know, where, where where speed skating is more 
of a standard sport where they know they're going to get a lot of people that are going to come and watch it as right. opposed to my where in the middle of July, you know, 90% of the population is going to be at the beach, yeah. you know, so not watching speed skating because a, they don't know how to, they don't know what ice is. Right. And second of all, you know, and it's funny because, you know, um, we have, you know, one of the uh, Eric Alvarez, who, who's yeah. one, of the, one of the best speed skaters is from Miami. So, you know, that's, that's one of those weird things that people don't realize. And, and uh, you know, he's an Olympian. He's got a gold medal in two sports. Oh, he's medaled in two sports uh, in one in the Summer Olympics in baseball and one in the Winter Olympics in speed skating. So, but he's a Miamian. So that's a funny thing. That's so know? funny. He's like from that tropical hot climate, but yet he got into the ice. Exactly. Exactly. And what about for, for your running? Like, what do you envision for the future? Like, what do you hope for? What's on your bucket list? Um, I, I always, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I always wanted, I had a set amount of marathons that I wanted to run. Well, not a set amount, but a, a cities, particular marathons I wanted to run. And I did them all. I did Chicago. I did New York. I did Marine Corps. I did Boston. Um, and uh, I guess the one that I never got to do was Big Sur. Mm -hmm. um, out in California, just because it's literally you're running on the edge of the Pacific Ocean out there. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously London and, and, and Paris, uh, some of the Tokyo, um, I never got to do any of those, but I, I would have loved if I could go back in time, I would have loved to have done those. But my goal is just my goal, you know, I'll be 61 in, uh, in a couple of weeks. And my goal is to keep running. And that's really that simple. I don't, the pace, which used to be really important to me, um, it's still important, but not as much as it used to be. Now mm -hmm. I'm more like I just I just want to enjoy it now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it hurt. It hurts a heck of a lot more now than it did 20 years ago, um, and I'm a heck of a lot slower. I'm running times now, uh, and I'm smiling and happy at the times that I run. The 20 years ago, I said if I ever run those times, I'll never run again. Yeah. I'll stay home. Yeah. What's a, what's the sense of running if I'm running XYZ pace? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm running XYZ pace now, and I'm happy as a pig in slop. So yeah. You know. You get it, over it. it. it it's all it's yeah. all mental. Yeah. It is. It is. You know, and I'm, I'm still competitive in my age group. So, uh, you know, and I'm the young guy now, the 60 to 64. I'm the young guy now in the age group. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like your age group is competitive. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's funny because, because people always ask me, what's the most competitive age group? And I, you know, is it, you know, is it 20 to, no, no, no. 20 year olds are out partying. Not a lot of them are out there running. And it's people, you know, once you start hitting your 40s, that's when, 40s it, that's when it starts. Really, yeah. 40, 40 is the first really competitive age group. Yeah. So it's funny. People don't realize that, but, but it is. I always joke that I'm going to qualify for Kona at 90 because that's when I'll finally be like able to get a place and another, I, I, I still haven't done an Ironman distance, but you know, I have a friend that says, you know, you don't have to get, you don't have to get faster. You just have to get older. Yeah, totally. And, uh, yeah, and Boston, and, uh, that'll be another one. Yeah. Boston, Boston, Boston is, uh, Boston was my, was my dream to run. And I, I, I was blessed to have been able to run it five times. I qualified nine times and my ultimate, ultimate goal was to qualify for Boston in Boston. And I did that a couple of times. So That's great. I can't complain. I've had a great, I've had a great running career and, and, uh, and that's been, a, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. And what do you do for what you do for nutrition and hydration and all that? Cause you're obviously still running into your sixties. So yeah, 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 I am. I mean, you know, I, I, I I've always tried to keep it very simple. Um, when I'm training, I, I just use, um, I, I use goo. I mean, obviously any of the, uh, any of the supplements are, are, are good. It depends which one sits best in your stomach. Yeah. To me, goo is the one that, that sits best with me. Um, I drink water and, uh, and goo while I'm running. I don't do any electrolytes while I'm running aside from the goo. When I do finish my run, I do usually, if it's a long run, I'll usually have some, uh, some fruit, bananas or oranges, which are loaded with potassium. 
um, and uh, and you know I'll I'll drink an electrolyte drink, um, any brand. To be honest with you, it's just um, you know it, with the heat and the humidity down here, you yeah. need to supplement. Um, especially as, and even when you're on your bike, I mean, when I would be doing those 75 to 85 mile rides, I'd have you know I'd have you know three or four bananas in my back pockets and and goo and I you know plenty of 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 of, uh, of isotonic drinks um, because the humidity here is the word the heat's really not all that bad. I mean, we rarely. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Think, I don't think the thermometer has ever hit a hundred degrees here in Miami, and people don't don't believe that. And it's true. I don't think it ever has. Heat index is another story. I mean, I've gone out for runs at five in the morning where it's been one hundred and five degrees with the heat index. Yeah, and that's brutal. But you, know, you got to right. live with it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you in Miami. This has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. <laughs>